podcast. It has been so long since I've been behind my microphone talking to your ears. I am Carly Adair and you are listening to the Carly Adair podcast. I am so excited to bring to you a conversation between Adam Sachs and I today. He is an incredible human. He was so, so, so proactive when it came to recording this episode. He was so excited. He was so, um, you know, prepared for this conversation. And I am honored to have him on the show today. He's not only a Google employee, which is very, 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 very highly respected. He is a writer, an author, and a wellness, um, I would say expert. He says he's not an expert, but he has really taken this interest in a side hustle of the cross between technology and health. Halfway through our conversation, he started talking about something on his wrist. It was a form of technology. And after he started talking about that, you'll hear in the episode, his face lit up. I could tell that this is what his life's passion is about, is about, you know, this um, opportunity to move into an innovative space behind technology and health. And he really, really is um, bringing that conversation to life through his articles and through his Twitter conversations and just through his lifestyle as a human as being an example himself by uh, really participating in routines and wellness activities. So I will listen to this episode of IRU. It's a great one. It's a phenomenal one. And I'm just going to compliment myself right now. I am really improving this intro and it makes me, you know, kind of want to be a newscaster. I'm just going to say that. This is, that's like A plus. Anyways, let's move on. I am so excited to introduce him to you. Enjoy the conversation. He's a phenomenal man and follow him on Twitter at Adam Sachs and just really, really um, listen to this if you have any questions about, you know, working out and what the future brings for technology. Um, I'm not somebody who ever owned an Apple Watch or Fitbit or anything like that. But through this conversation, it made me interested in getting one. So I hope you enjoy and let's get started. Well, hello, Adam. How are you? Hey, Carly. I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm great. I just got good news. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fresh. Okay. Tell me about this news. I just found out my research was published like two minutes ago. That's why I was kind of late to the call. So that's oh my gosh. Not to make this about me, but yeah, like, it was really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. But um, yeah, today we have Adam on the podcast and I'm so excited. So why don't you introduce yourself and let them know who you are? Yeah, sure thing. I will try to keep this quick. First and foremost, congrats. We'll take that Thanks, offline. Right? We'll dig into that after okay. uh, the pod. If that's okay, maybe I'll end up uh, interviewing you. Oh no. Okay. But um, a little bit about myself. Um, so my name's Adam Sachs. Was was born and raised in uh, South Florida. Uh, born and raised, ended up going to school in upstate New York. Saw snow for the first time there. How old um, were you what, when you first saw snow? I was, it says 18 months. I mean, 18 years, nine months old. Not the, it was, it, it snows early in Ithaca, New York. Um, and yeah, I, I remember. I remember had a roommate from California. He tried to convince me to stick my tongue on on the frozen oh, pole, yeah. like the columns at our house didn't do it. He did, ended up ripping his tongue. But um, I was joking. I was eighteen or nineteen, so definitely a change oh, of scene. Wow. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what brought me there was was baseball. That was a huge part of who I was, and still is to this day. Um, but absolutely love the the game, the sport. Something myself, and my family share in common. Um, just a general bonding sport and it was just very much so just influenced everything about 
my life up until that point, up throughout college. Um, but with that in mind, I, I guess uh, graduated the degree in hospitality, ended up got working in the tech space. That's what I currently do, work at Google. Um, then one of our marketing accelerators, uh, working on the business side of things, so non-technical, and then do some work within the startup ecosystem. Um, that's something I'm really passionate about, basically anyone who's ideating and trying to bring something to life, which is exactly what you're doing um, with your work and just going out there and creating. So really excited to, to chat with you today. That's a bit about myself, but happy and open book. So okay. excited to dig in wherever you see fit. I love that transparency. That's good. Okay. Random question. If you were to create a dinner party with three people that are alive, who would they be and why? Who would they be dead or alive? Famous, not famous. Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, well, so kind of lead into what I'm interested in, but recency bias is it? In fact, there's this guy named David Sinclair. Um, he's just a brilliant uh, PhD, I think Harvard professor, um, doing really important work in the space of like longevity and, and healthy aging. Um, and just shattering a lot of myths about health. Um, he's just a fascinating guy. I love listening to it's just guy, David Perel. He's a prolific writer. He's maybe only a couple years older than me, five years. Um, I recently started writing and got a lot of inspiration from him. Went on like a podcast binge and listened to like six of them in a week. And I think he has the ability to just like bring it, I don't know, heighten any conversation and just bring out the absolute I don't know, go to the absolute depths of any conversation and bring out um, something greater, which I think is really cool. Who else? I think I might need to throw in an athlete there. I am blanking on the third. There's this guy, actually, Jesse Itzler. Um, he, I don't even know how to describe him. He's an entrepreneur I also look up to for inspiration, but uh, more importantly, just like a family man. And really, he, he's married to uh, Sarah Blakely, like the CEO of Spanx. And oh, I've heard that, yeah. I, yeah. And what, I think she was maybe the first female billionaire and then is very philanthropic, but he has managed to just stay true to himself, build a really cool career, but while putting his, his family first, leading with really strong values, being extremely transparent, uh, just a really creative mind who's genuine and is always thinking of like who I like to listen to on podcasts and I would love to just host them for dinner. So. Oh, that'd um, be so fun. Those are three. Where are you at? Where are you from in South Florida? I'm from Delray Beach, um, not by a beach near the Everglades, actually. Um, so it's about an hour north of Miami. I, I don't know if you've ever been. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in South Carolina, so I was like, I've been to like the other side of Florida. Like I've been to like Clearwater. I think that's okay. the other side. I don't know. Yeah. But I've been to like, drive. Yeah, I've been to like Clearwater and like that side. And then I think I've, I have never been to Miami, but I've been to like Orlando and like weird stuff like that. But yeah, I got to love that. So, mm-hmm. so where did you go to school again in New York? Uh, went to Cornell University. Is that in New York? Yeah, it's upstate New York, Ithaca. Interesting. Where did you okay. think it was? There's a Cornell in Iowa. I don't know. I don't know. Because didn't the guy from the office go to Cornell? Andy Bernard, yes. Um, the actor, I don't know if he actually did, but yes, that's, <laughs> I get that often. So yeah, that's what I think about when I hear that. Um, yeah. So what did you major in when you went to school there? Hotel administration. Okay. So d- were you entrepreneurial in like doing side hustles, have a hobby of writing during that time of your life? It's a great question. Um, 
I guess yes and no. Entrepreneurial, I would like to say yes. I think um, it's maybe the breeding ground for my interest in entrepreneurship. Um, got exposure to um, like an early stage startup when I was at uh, Cornell. One of my good friends, one of my friends, I met him on the first day at Cornell, was running his own business in high school, um, his own travel business. And um, for about a year and a half, did some project work and did some work with his company. So I wasn't leading the charge, but I got to witness like what a 17 year old was doing to um, launch and then run and operate and manage his own travel companies, um, specializing in the miles and points redemption services. And it was just cool to see, um, I don't know, somebody believe in themselves at such a young age and just go for it and execute for people two times, three times our, our age. And um, some of my closest friends to this day are, were from that startup. So was entrepreneurial in that sense and always was, was working during my time um, in college, um, which is something the program emphasized, which I was super grateful for. But uh, by no means was I running my own business, uh, yeah. have aspirations for that one day, but it's kind of the breeding ground and the exposure to my friend and seeing what, what he was able to do and, um, and then scale up has been really inspirational to me. When did you first have this interest in like writing and expressing yourself, like writing stuff down? Was that during college? Yeah. You know what? I was trying to think about that before I jumped on this call. Cause I couldn't even remember. Yeah. I think it, I think it started my senior year of college and it was more of an effort just to like capture moments because I was getting, was getting a little bit nostalgic and just didn't want to lose like precious moments in time. I really valued, um, but my writings definitely started for myself and had no intention to share with others, which I think was really cool. Um, and I just started, I didn't know really where to start. Um, so I need to pull out one of my first journals, I guess, but I started with long form and just was very patient with myself, I guess. Like didn't know where to start. I was like, what do you even write about? And just tested and tried things out. Um, I would say for anyone listening out there who maybe has even thought about it or entertained the thought, but hasn't gone for it yet there's a really good like starter journal I guess called the five minute journal mm -hmm. um and just starts with I think it's three things you're grateful for three things that would make the day great and as I'm monologuing here it made me realize I, I started picking up on some of the people that I would listen to um I don't know through the internet through YouTube through other channels Oprah is top of mind um just consistently talked about gratitude starting the morning with gratitude yeah. and something I was like this seems really cool in theory. I'm so far away from actually doing that and bringing it into my life, but I would love to. Um, so somewhere in the early stages, I started doing that and just saw the benefits for myself and got me in a good I don't know, frame of mind to start. And the last thing, just because we were talking about this before the uh, we jumped on the, the Zoom, is I feel like so many people maybe have a hesitation to just get started or view it as difficult and it absolutely is. And when I, the five minute journal that I referenced a minute ago, it has 180 pages. So that's six months, six months times 30 days. And it, I realized once I finished it, it had taken me a whole year to finish that. So what does that mean? It means like I was only journaling one out of every, like every other day and it wasn't consistent mm -hmm. and it's okay. Like you're not gonna, if you're just getting started, I feel like a lot of people put the pressure on themselves to like, become a prolific writer from day one. But I think starting small and like making it easy for yourself is such a key uh, to focus on. When you're journaling, do you have like a goal in mind? Like do you, do, and when you're like physically writing, is it like to someone, like do you have a target audience or is it just like to the unknown? 
a great question. Um, I guess, do you mean like when I'm journaling? I guess there's two different mediums in my mind. Like I journal for myself, for okay. also just planning and everyday life. But then I also, I recently started writing on like health and tech and wellness, um, internet of things, it's kind of the integration of health and tech. Um, which one are you referring to? I guess like both? I'm referring to like your gratitude journaling, like when you're doing it for yourself, um, like the five minute journal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like in your head, like no one's ever going to see this. So I'm just going to lay it all out there. Or are you like thinking like this may be published one day? I see. I see. <laughs> Definitely the first one. Okay. Um, by no means. I mean, like maybe I'd get to the point, really prove a point, just throw it out there. Um, don't have anything against that, but no, I definitely do it for myself. Um, yeah, it's definitely for myself. I view it more as like a way to cultivate just a positive start to the day. Okay. And it sounds like foo-foo, but then I don't know. I saw the benefits myself and um, it's been something I've tried to stick to every day. Do I do it 100% of days? No. Yeah. Was just traveling the last week, uh, July mm-hmm. 4th. I definitely missed, I think, two of the seven days. Um, and that's, that's okay. Like, I, I don't know. It's okay. So there's the other side of writing too, which is for to be published, like for mm-hmm. like the goal of like people reading it and helping them and like more, is it more like, like, how do you even go about that process? And why did you even start it? Because you didn't go to school for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why did I start it? And what does the process look like? Yes. Yeah, I guess like the why, just like on a very simple um, basis. And again, this morning I was thinking like, hmm, really should sit down. I will at some point, like craft a mission statement, like really think deeply, deliberately, like what am I hoping to do via my writing channel, via Twitter, via just one-on-one connections. And it's kind of, I know it will coalesce, just come together, but really simply just like you just said it there. It's like, I want to help people live healthier, better lives. And I view, honestly, I think we're at a time where, for the first time in human history, we're going to have, we have these tools at our disposal that we can measure and understand, like, what do we need on a physical level, on a spiritual level, on a um, mental level um, to just achieve like mental wealth. That was a term that was thrown around last week and I loved it, wrote it down. I need to, something I will strive for mental wealth. Um, So that's like, that's the why of why I write. And for about a year, Carly, I was, having these conversations with friends and loved ones um, of, I don't know, these kind of conversations around what, what does Carly need to wake up at? By the way, Carly's calling in at 8am on the West coast has been up since five. Like (laughs) what, what what do you need to like thrive and show up in all aspects of your life? And I was having these conversations and doing research and really curious about it. And then I just started realizing, I I really care about this. I see the benefit to bring to friends, to loved ones. And I I feel like I, I can bring, um, I don't know, positive, positive, a net positive to society and writing was the medium I chose. Um, and I definitely had tons of doubts and hesitations and had just a close group of friends that encouraged me to do so because they, they, they'd seen the last year of me caring and um, understanding what I need. And I'd love to, to take those learnings and continue learning because I will for the rest of my life um, to, to others. That's amazing to have friends that encourage you in that because I was wondering as you were talking like what's giving you this hope? What's giving you like this affirmation almost like that you do have that to bring to other people? Would you say it's just your friends or would you, would you say there's other um, areas of your life or something else that kind of gives you that confidence? Confidence. Okay. Uh, Yeah. 
definitely friends were definitely a pivotal group of people. Um, I'm really blessed, like really grateful for just to have a good support circle, like friends, family, I guess friends, friends, family. Um, co- I mean, coworkers, I would also consider friends. Um, and that actually, my work experience at Google, um, some mm-hmm. of the people that, again, I'm really grateful that um, get to work with them on a daily basis, get to learn from them, get to be around them. And it's been primarily virtual, but be in office soon. They helped me realize that this was like an absolute passion area of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the, the icebreaker to my new team was like, what would you be the brand ambassador for? And I probably went on like a two minute monologue of how, how much I love the Whoop Band and how it changed my life. What is it? And every, it's called the Whoop Band. Um, if it like W-H-O-O-P, maybe like Whoop, um, <laughs> you'd get into it. Any, anyone who knows me, I like have learned I need to contain myself for, if somebody's not interested, I can go on just tangents about it because I think it's a really powerful tool. But through that icebreaker, I remember I just explained just genuinely like how it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember everyone on the video chat was like freaking out. They're like, is he a, like, where's this Ponzi scheme coming from? Like, where's his promo code? He's going to try to make money off of us, like joking. But in the in that moment and through other conversations made me realize like um, these kind of tools, like I said, for the first time are going to be able to help us understand our sleep, our nutrition, our diet, our exercise, um, our meditation or what other mental health practices we have, breathing, yoga, whatever it is. Um, and we're able to just quantify the, how much better we can feel and then show up for, for others around us. So this is what I want to know. I want to know oh, like your like routine almost like your like wellness routine. Like what time do you wake up? What kind of food do you eat? Like what's like a short version of just like your like everyday routine? Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny. Cause we were talking about this, like definitely switching time zones yesterday presented the challenges, like getting, I don't know. I told you it was a 17 hour travel day. Mm-hmm. Um, so routine routines are definitely thrown out the window or I'm trying to get back in like the normal circadian rhythm before I'll give you the short version. But one thing I would say um, was it's actually through having this, it's made me realize I need a bit more sleep. Mm-hmm. And my, I kind of threw some of my old routines out the door. Um, like I, I also was getting up at 5.00 AM. Yeah. Um, I went through periods. I shouldn't, that was never like every day, non-negotiable. Um, but I don't know, generally like I'll rise between like six to six 30. Um, that's my sleep routine. I, I aim, like, I know I need about seven and a half, eight hours of sleep. This thing has shown me is that means it's eight hours, eight and a half hours in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sleep components from a nutritional component. Um, and this, from a nutritional component, it, this thing has shown me that I need to increase space between my last meal and, and going to sleep. Because if you don't, your body is working hard, digesting the food, your core body temperature is elevated, um, which doesn't disallow you to go into deep sleep, but it slows down the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally speaking right now, I'm in a heavy running phase doing a, a race in September, uh, when I moved to San Francisco, but I kind of switch it up. I realized I'm true, like polymath or I, I like switching it up. So combination of running yoga, lifting right now, it's running four times a week. I'll go try to do yoga a studio once a week, but it's around two to three times, but 
again, it's been with my travels, like I, all I did was runs when I was out in San Francisco and in a yoga class. Um, any other routines that hit on it? That was not short at all. Like when do you journal when you wake up? Is it like immediately or do you like have a moment, look out the window and then you journal? Do you go on your phone first? Like what does that look like? Yeah. So I sleep with my journal and no, I'm completely kidding. Um, I would have believed I, I, it. Yeah. No, I was I, like, okay, great. No, it's, that's, that would be a bit, I mean, it's not too much. No, no judgment. <laughs> um, but generally like five to 10 minutes after. But honestly, Carly, like sometimes I'll, I will open it and sit there five to 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll just stare at the page for like three to four minutes as my brain is waking up. Um, so roughly five to 10, if I'm like in a routine and in one place, I happen to be traveling a, a decent bit. So if I'm in one place, um, then it's pretty, it's like a locked in routine. But first thing I do is open up the window. I try to get sunlight in my eyes. Like it literally starts um, your natural processes, like helps you stay in line with your circadian rhythm try to get like sunlight in into my eyes it happens to be the sun's getting is rising pretty early these days um probably an overshare i go pee like if i usually have water next next to my nightstand uh fill up my water and then i'll like brew coffee i try to do it like 10 to 15 minutes after i'm up but i usually brew it and then just won't take my first sip for like 10 15 minutes um should be longer technically but i love i love coffee so i'll, mm-hmm. I'll start early um, yeah. So did I answer the question? You I, answered I it great. That's like, that's okay. the stuff. Cause I feel like I love listening to like, cause I like trying out different things and I like yeah. listening to other people because like mine doesn't look the same every day either. Like right now, yeah. like my work in school is like still on the East coast. So I'm just like naturally getting up oh earlier. Cause it starts at like the crack of dawn. But yeah. like, for example, yesterday I was at like joshua tree with friends and like was off my phone for the first time probably since january this weekend and i woke up at like 9 p.m nap or 9 a.m naturally you know so it's just like yeah. you have to just like be open to whatever and like even on like my work days like i'll get up at five or like some days like if i have class at like seven i'll get up at like 6 59 like it just depends on the the day but also like i think there's such value with like you know taking time to be still before you start your day because if you jump right in and like start answering emails like immediately that's like so bad for you (laughs) yeah you know like reality like you know so 100 percent. yeah when we talk about it it seems so simple in concept but then when you wake up and your phone, you need to check what time it is, whether you have your alarm going off. It's so easy to start your day that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that you, I don't know, have you talked about that on any past episodes of like your habits or routines? Cause I think it's so helpful for people mention no. who, like, what age your audience is, but maybe, I don't know, maybe share, I'd love to hear you. Like, what are your routines like when in at your best? Like, what does that look like for you? Like, what do you need? I feel like it's helpful for anyone um, yeah. to hear. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like at my best. And I think like I listen to like a lot of other people who describe their routines. So I'm just like they can handle that. But I think everybody has like a unique thing they do, which is interesting. So maybe I will do an episode on it. But like generally it's what I just described. And like normally, I don't know, like I just like wake up. I try to like read a quick verse or something like on my phone. And I'm like looking at my nightstand right now. That's why I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, what do I do? Um, but I just like, yeah, I, I like some mornings are better than others. Like today, I just like, how did I like get back to work? Cause I just like, didn't do anything. Like I was like, took the whole weekend off last yeah. week. Great. But yeah. So who knows? But 
yeah so let's get back to like your articles like I want to know like what do you write about like specifically and because I know they've been published in a lot of like local right like local outlets um yeah so we're just getting started it's mainly through a platform called Substack um, which actually just been published on um on Substack the platform itself like I I write and publish via on on that channel that's great um the only like I'm a very early stages Carly the only other um publication that I'll be writing for like some sports related um it's like media companies frankly um that do some pieces on like hey how are how is wearable technology being incorporated into different sports and what is the mindset that like elite athletes do to like take these learnings um and one of my best friends he's is the professional athlete and got him involved with it and it's been so cool to see you know how does a pro athlete leverage this piece of tech to then change behaviors i think that's the key carly is like in in any use case, whether it's for a pro athlete or whether it's to take good care of a loved one who maybe let's say um, is more elderly or it's in the, on the healthcare side of thing, like remote patient monitoring. It's the end goal we have, like any business or product needs the software is like, how do we change behavior for, mm-hmm. for the good? How do we change those habits that we talked about? And yeah, I'm just so grateful that we get to grow up now with these tools, but there's such a dissonance of, there's not a dissonance, there's a it's difficult. Like there's, it's information overload. You don't know. There's dozens of products to choose from. You don't know w- what is what it's exhausting. You have to put in real time and energy to understand like what would be best for Carly? What would be best for Adam? What are your goals? And even that is hard to um, understand first. So um, the only publication is, is that's going to come up and come out in a couple months, but um, early days here. So, okay. Now I get it. Now I get all the connections. <laughs> I'm understanding you. I know who you are now. So I like the whoop, the whoop brings it all together because I'm just like, Oh, wearable technology. You see, I have zero knowledge of sports. So, yeah. okay. So <laughs> this makes sense. Okay. So, wow. Oh, what's filling, clicking over there? You're, you're filling a huge gap because there is like, there needs to be like an app or something. There needs to be a way to find out like what is best for you because personally me I've never bought an Apple watch because I didn't need that in my life I don't understand it I've never had a Fitbit I just yeah I just have it's not my vibe it's not who I am what like what do you think is needed in the world like what technology do you see like needed for this purpose yeah so many um so many, but it's, it's such a personal question. I, it just depends. It's so individual. It's like what, okay, it, like anything in life. It's just it's an exercise. I, I like doing just like the why loop with anything. Just like just keep repetitively asking why. And so I'd ask like, it would start with the person we could take you for example. If we want to use Carly as a case study, um, yeah, and just be like, what I don't know. Is there what are you trying to focus on? We touched upon the journaling or like sleep consistency, maybe maybe it's measuring circadian rhythm and quite literally like the consistency of time in bed, which would help you get into deep sleep, REM sleep sooner. So I don't know. I would ask why. So maybe we can, I don't know if you mind using you. It'd be like, what, let's use it. Let's use it. Yeah. What, what would you hope to achieve if anything, even though you said it's not your vibe. Um, and I would even ask why that is it like, is it the appearance thing? Is it, it's not seamless. Is it like 
too quantified and doesn't feel like natural. I don't know. Like what? Yeah. I would it's, ask why that. That. it's like, I don't go to the gym and work out. I run around and play. I'm that okay. type of person. Yeah. Like I'm not lifting. First of all, you know, you pay the price it's quarantine, whatever, but I'll be back. I'm running around. I'm already getting skinnier. Like I just like, I've never been the type of girl that like goes to the gym. It just, yeah. I've never done that. It's maybe just be like naturally yeah. young and like, yeah. as I get older, but like, even when I was Love younger, that. I didn't understand like, cause I guess like I would be in dance class or I would do like show choir. Like that's like my personality. So yeah. I just, I don't know. Like I would just be moving. So that would be like my, like enough. Like, I just like hated sitting behind a desk this past year. I've sit behind a desk. So maybe it would be good to have something to be like time to get up now. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It is that I don't want to count how many steps because you just know in your, isn't it common sense? How many steps you take? Why do you need somebody to tell you? What do you think about that? Yeah. What do I think about? I think you just solved. You had an epiphany earlier. I just had an epiphany too. You just, you just solved your own question. Oh, how you, you asked me, you said, what do I think technology needs to solve? And you just said it, you said the M word movement. Mm-hmm. I think it's so different for every single person, but frankly, what our country needs and what the world needs with technology is movement and yeah. everyone needs to move differently. I love that you have a background in dance and can associate that with play and like have fun doing it enjoy like what's better in life than doing that. Um, but it's going to be different for somebody else that didn't have maybe that upbringing or that early exposure. And some people need to discover movement or play mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, that's something I wrote about, I guess, Sunday. It was July 4th. So kind of a, I, I get it. If <laughs> the open rate view rate was a little lower and I was like, yeah, it's July 4th. It happens to fall on Sunday. <laughs> um, but I talked about how, and this is where it's even my own, not ethical lens, but I'm I still need to think deeply about what I think about this, but with virtual reality mm-hmm. plus fitness for somebody who had no exposure to anything, fitness or anything, mo- movement, that's just health. I don't know facilitates general health. Um, somebody that's, a, let's just say a gamer who everyone's previous connotation their Let's say their previous connotation with fitness was bad and they didn't enjoy going to the gym or whatever. There's all sorts of mediums that can help facilitate movement. So I think the answer is movement. And it's going to change, be highly variant throughout everyone's life. My fitness regime and health regime is going to look different. Hopefully, hopefully when make it to 60, 80, 100, there's a concept called like the centenarian Olympics that I love. And it poses the question. It's like, if, and I think, I think you can get there, Carly. It's like yeah. at a hundred, what would you want to do mm-hmm. movement wise? That would bring you joy. What would you want to be able to do so that you retain your health span? Um, but Point is, I think the answer is movement. I think it's different. And I think there's, it's very fragmented right now. Um, mm-hmm. Technology companies and businesses are solving for individual silos, for the runners, for the dancers, um, yeah. for, for everyone. But we're going to see this wave of consolidation and health just be comprehensively measured for the things that matter to you. Um, and everyone get that's something you get to decide in your life. Um, so that's amazing. That's I love how you said bring joy because I think that's why I, that's what I associate moving with is like, not for yeah. like, like yeah. I'm not going to be lifting. Like I'd rather like go, I'd rather like work at chick I used to work at Chick-fil-A and like bring back okay. condiments. Like that's lifting, like go get a yeah. job. Don't go to the gym. That's yeah. just my opinion. Okay. But I want to talk about food as well, because like, what is your, I like, I have so many, I'm in a generation and a lot of people are just like consuming like TikToks and just like all these other diets. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, nobody really knows what's right. I live in LA. A lot of people just say they're vegan just to like opt out of like choosing a diet culture. Like they're yeah. just healthy is vegan. What is your opinion on like diet culture and what do you like want to change about it? Like, what do you think is like the way to eat? Hmm. Or what are some problems that you've seen? Yeah. It's a loaded question. I know. Uh, pro- probably should have prefaced anything up front. I'm not a medical doctor. This is not medical oh. advice. This is just my opinion. I'm just messing. Um, I don't know. I'd say just like the problem or beef I have with it would be um, just like overgeneralization and overgeneralization. Every, every body needs something different. Um, and what would fuel you best and make you happiest there's strong emotional connections to food as well, um, which can be dangerous with big food, have very strong opinions about that. Um, I think there's an overgeneralization and people, for the first time ever, I'd mentioned like we have the data to show it. Um, we now have the tech to measure um, what are the impact, what's the impact on mood levels, um, on your gut health, on your microbiome, on your glucose levels. Um, on an individual level. Um, and that's something I think will be more mainstream. It will be more mainstream, um, in the coming years is like the tech actually becomes more accessible, more affordable because right now it's not. Um, so I was just saying one of my beefs is the overgeneralization, um, of what works for you. Um, probably will refrain from making, making any comments on like diet culture. I don't, um, like general, I don't know if there's any helpful general comments I can make. Yeah. Other than, I don't know, people, I, I wish people would just I think it comes, comes back to just being comfortable with like what, what you want to do and what's right for your body and making a choice as opposed to just confining to what any societal belief tells you what to do. I think that exists in even LA's culture, exists in different cultures throughout the world. Um, and diet means, I don't know, it's, it's so different, quite literally culturally and different in all parts of the world. So I don't know if that's helpful. It is um, helpful. I just like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, cause I'm just like, what's right, what's wrong. So I just like asking people and I like talking about it with my friends too, just cause it's so interesting. Like I like don't eat dairy, you know, like that's okay. just like my thing. Like I don't eat dairy. I told you, like I grew up and my mom had like celiacs. So like we grew up like not yeah. eating gluten and like, you know, all these like um, uh, restrictions or absences of food. And yeah. I just like find myself personally, like questioning, like, I could literally die tomorrow. Why would I like restrict myself? Like if it wasn't something that I'm like deathly allergic to. Yeah. You know, you know, completely understand for anyone listening. That's something Carly and I we chatted last week briefly. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give her a shout out. I uh, had a, had a coworker. Um, I guess keep the name. Not as just to like, I don't know, Not maintain pri- privacy, but um, she kind of put me on this path because um, gluten insensitive, um, also had worker had celiac disease. And it was only through those discovery questions. This was, this was about a year and a half ago. And just asking questions, cause I don't know, cared about her as a coworker and it was clearly impacting like the options we'd be able to eat if we ever grabbed lunch at food where she helped educate me on what is the difference between different types of carbs. What's a complex carb, i.e. Um, like, she quite literally had to explain like a sweet potato is better for you than the same amount of carbs of lucky charms because of X, Y, and Z. And it just, 
I think it's so important to go in with open mind, empathy, just keep asking the questions, which I just need to I don't know, applaud you for, commend you for. And it's how any discovery really works. Um, and the really important part that I've realized is even though, so I, up until a couple of years ago was an athlete, it was a big part of my identity yeah. and, you know, w- was tasked by my coaches when I got to campus to put on 15 pounds and because I was, I was always a, a smaller guy on the team and they, they wanted me to put on weight and I understand it because it did help me perform in the sport. Yeah. Um, but looking back on it, the process I went about to achieve that was like archaic, <sighs> inefficient. Um, and I probably did some damage to my, like, honestly, my gut health, um, which I actually just happened to get blood drawn this morning, finally, just to like check out my vitals on a bunch of different levels. But it's kind of a funny story. We would lift it. Freshman, my freshman year at like 6 a.m. It's like the middle of winter. And so we'd finish, I don't know, 7.15, 7.20. They would give us a protein shake. And I was ingesting this mass gainer, it's optimum nutrition mass gainer, because I needed to be in a caloric uh, surplus, take more calories in than I was burning. And it was a double heaping scoop. Uh, I wish you could see Carly's face. She's giving me this like disgusted look right now. Because I'm just like, I think like my brother does this stuff and I just never under, like I'm, I like can imagine it visually and I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it is a disgusting visual. And I remember sitting, I had this 10, 10 class. It's called business computing, really helpful class, but it was 10, 10 in the morning. And my colleagues were like rolling out of bed, like showing up to class. I was just sitting there like my stomach in shambles because I literally just consumed like 2,200 calories in the first four hours of waking um, because I was in, I was so obsessed. I was like, I need to put on weight. I need to perform for the team. I need to do this. And I, I have no regrets, but I say that to say I, I've realized through conversations with people as they view me as an ex-athlete and just make an assumption that, oh, you would have more knowledge about X, Y, or Z, nutrition oh. being one of them. And I think it's, it's, a, it's such a complex, it's complex and simple, but um, there's so much ambiguity around it. I just wanted to acknowledge that so that people don't place limiting labels on themselves and just realize like only discovery comes through reading, asking your friends who happen to be knowledgeable and have already um, invested their time and energy and just asking those questions is what I wanted to, to get at. That's so wise. Yeah. That's so true. And that's true in every field, like not even just nutrition, just like knowing who you're listening to and like knowing, you know, where you're consuming information from, but that's, yeah. that's so interesting. That's so gross. And did your school give you that? Like it was like from them? Um, no, they, they had their, we actually had a dairy at Cornell. So we had a protein shake from them, but then I, I bought it for myself. Um, um, oh. yeah, so go, goes to show it's, 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 it's a part of my, why of why I care so much about yeah. the nutrition side of things. And I've written a lot about continuous glucose, glucose monitors, and that's a term for anyone listening. If they happen to be interested in this, I'd say Google that right now. Yeah. It's something, it's a tool that I'm hopeful can help solve a lot of our health problems, healthcare issues, um, healthcare systems broken one of every $3 in our healthcare system is spent on diabetes management. And how do you control that? One of the strongest factors is diet. And that we have the tools to measure these little, it's like, I, I view it as inflicting like micro damage on a daily basis that just takes a toll every single day. Um, and it sneaks up on you. So um, 
not sure where I was going with that, but no, that's think it's really... what would you tell somebody who's young, um, who could be making micro damages? What would you tell them? Like, what are some practices that like twenties can do? Yeah. That's such a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I think like maintaining an open mind um, and figuring out for themselves and just being attuned to like what their body needs. I think that's the best advice I could give because it's mm-hmm. so personal. Um, and then there's the other side of it. Carly, it's another reason why I really care about the space was like when I was in college, um, I was from a sleep perspective, from a diet perspective, from sometimes drinking perspective, doing things that like wasn't good for my body. And there's a balance to be struck with everyone individually of like what they want to do in this life. So it's no, there's no right or wrong answer, uh, which is just why I think it's so, um, so personal. So I'd, I would just say, just like start learning, like cultivating a learn learner's mindset, growth mindset, whatever can, like you mentioned, can apply to anything and diet and nutrition uh, specifically too. Wow. That's so good. That's so wise. That's so good. So where can they like read if they want to read your articles and like, where can they find you like on Twitter and like, how can people get information from you? Yes. Um, I guess really, however they would like to, I mean, the DMS are open on any channel. Um, from the writing perspective, you can go to uh, Adam, adamsacks.substack.com. Um, I can follow, I can follow up with this stuff, put in like the show notes maybe. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, just change the handle. Got my middle initial in there. It's, it's Adam L. Sachs, S-A-K-S. Um, Instagram will be using that as a channel later in the year just for like more educational things so people can click around. Um, I think it's Adam underscore Sachs. But maybe give you my the handles to um, drop in the show notes. But wanted to say like the my DMs are really open for for anything. So if anything struck a chord with anyone out there, more than happy to help, be of service. Um, and as I told you, that was my goal of coming on the podcast. Is like, hey, if one person out there resonates with one little micro part of of this for whatever reason, um, then it would be a success. Like as long as like everyone else wasn't extremely disappointed, but that, that was my goal. So um, seriously mean it when I say the DMs are open. Awesome. Well, I feel like that's a good episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Carly. Um, and just wanted to recognize Carly too. Um, she's been super flexible across time zones, across time mishaps. So just really appreciate you, Carly, the energy you bring, um, the purpose of your podcast amidst everything you're doing is, is fantastic. So just thank you for having me. Hope to do this again. Wow, that was actually really good. That was an amazing episode. I'm so thankful for his time and that he decided to come on my podcast and go follow him. All his links are below, including his Substack where you can read his articles and find his writing in addition to his socials. And also, if you have any questions about any of the health topics he talked about, he linked some articles um, down below. So go check those out. Additionally, I'm just floored. I'm floored at how amazing that episode was. Give this a review. What did you think? Leave a comment. Go follow the Instagram at Carly Dare Podcast. Give us some feedback. If you don't like this episode, the only way it could ever get better is for me to know. Right now, I'm just living in my ignorant bliss. So go ahead. Let me know below how you feel, good or bad. It all helps. All press is good press. It's actually not. It's actually not. I'm 20 days, I keep saying I'm 20 days away, I'm actually like 12 plus 
I don't know. I'm basically like three weeks away from having a master's degree in strategic communications and public relations. So with that being said, I feel like I have the credibility to say not all press is good press. So with that being said, I hope everybody has an amazing day. Follow me on Instagram at Carly Rosa Dare. Let me know how you feel, people. Jesus loves you.